Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with my buddy... What's your name again? <laughs> Sam Rodriguez. Sam Rodriguez. Oh, no, no, it's Ziggy. That's right, it's but Ziggy. It's Ziggy. I'm so glad you're here, uh, Sam, because we're uh, we're going to talk about something that really is kind of pertinent and special in your life. So this is like the Sam Focus Show. <laughs> we're going to focus on you for a second, and I think the reason why is because, as you uh, well know, we are we're coming up on Lent. Yes. Right. Ash Wednesday is uh, this next week, and. Uh, also, uh, that means Fat Tuesday. Yes. Right, so Fat Tuesday is the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday. And a lot of people don't realize it's called Fat Tuesday because, uh, well, people would... It has nothing to do with the size of a human being. <laughs> it has uh, all to do with um, flesh, animal food, fats. So they would eat all the fatty foods, oh. and they would clear out the cupboards, basically. Right, because you were giving things up during Lent. You couldn't eat... Uh, the meat on Fridays and all these different things that you'd be giving up. And so Fat Tuesday, we would eat it all. I didn't know that. And that's, that's really why they, cool. And that's why they have the pancake breakfasts and whatnot on those those Tuesdays to kick off Lent. So you can have all your sugars, your sweets, your cakes, your whatever. It's kind of like last chance. And, of course, the Mardi Gras liturgy is just... Oh, so beautiful, so yes. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes, there has been a lot of secularization, I would say, of... Uh, uh, and, of course, Mardi Gras, right? Means oh, Mardi Gras, right. Literally and, means and Fat Tuesday. Literally means Fat Tuesday. Yeah. And for our listeners, I was kidding. There is no Mardi Gras liturgy. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but the world might think there is uh, if, you, if, you, if you go to New Orleans at that time or whatever. But all that aside, it, it starts to turn our minds towards Lent. Yes. And, and I remember uh, when I was growing up, I had a priest one time who would, would – a good priest, good holy man – and uh, he was talking to us one time during a homily and telling us that whatever we decided to give up mm-hmm. for Lent should be a sacrifice that would not afford us any physical benefit. Right. Right. So if we were going to spend less on things, uh, you know, it wouldn't so that we could uh, we could shore up our bank rolls. Right. Mm-hmm. If if we were to give up certain foods, it wasn't with the goal of losing weight. Mm-hmm. And and there's something that always kind of sat. Like, just didn't square up with me. And I just thought, I don't know. That doesn't sound right. And as I think about it, uh, I, I think it's, that's not, I don't know if I would go down that path in thinking that was the right way to think about this stuff. Because uh, there's, there's something that I've come to know about the beauty of our faith, and that is that God ministers to us both body and soul, right? We're not mm-hmm. just a spirit. Mm-hmm. We're spirit and flesh. Right. And uh, and so what's good for the spirit is good for the flesh. What's good for the flesh is good for the spirit, right? So so there can be side benefits mm-hmm. to good spiritual um, decisions. And so uh, I've always thought, because I, I, an example I've used before is that like when I was teaching my kids about the beautiful gift of reconciliation, going to confession, I would take them on Saturdays and the kids would love to go with me. Mm. And they would love to go with me, especially when they were younger, is because we would go and get a milkshake afterwards. Nice. So, so there's, there became sort of an association of the, the sweetness you know, of confession. Now, it wasn't a bribe. 
Right. And ultimately, my kids today don't have to have a milkshake to be able to go to confession. But the reality is it was a way to sort of like train the body, to kind of make the body think in, in, a, in a spiritual way. Right. So, and, and so I say all that stuff, and I, I thought, now I know that, you know, you, you look familiar to me, <laughs> vaguely familiar, because there was a time when I first met you that you were, you were much larger. For most of my life, I, I was uh, much larger, and, and I'm, you know, I'm still journeying to getting to my, you know, ideal weight. Um, are you trying to get to like a fetal weight? What are you trying to do here? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'll let my uh, doctor kind of determine oh, okay, that. Okay, very good. Know? Well, that's always uh, good to diet in uh, in conjunction with a medical uh, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's actually for me, it was a, it was a doctor's guidance that kind of had a transformative impact on my life, both from a health perspective, but also from a spiritual perspective. It was uh, my first time. It was back in 2017. I was 355 pounds. Wow. Okay, much larger than you are now. How, yeah. So you're you. I'm just going to guess you're about. 200 now yes and yeah. you're and you're and the arrow is pointing downward right you're you're still losing a little weight and <laughs> right right and but you don't look like you know sometimes people lose weight and they look like they're about to die sure sure you don't look like that you 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 got a glow about you oh well thank you well maybe that's the holy spirit i don't I'd, know maybe i'd like to, i'd like to think so so i thought it'd be interesting to talk to you about your your situation because uh, th- this connection between the body and the soul mm-hmm. and the the choices that you were making and the choices that you are making, whether they were good for your body or good for your soul or not good for your body and not good for your soul and how you, in this sort of transformative process, you've really gotten a good grip, I think, on uh, making decisions now that affect not only your life, but your afterlife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so tell me like first of all you're you're let's say 355 that was your that was your top weight there at that Yes well it, I wasn't when you were counting I wasn't weighing in a whole lot you know okay. to be honest with you I wasn't really paying much attention and uh, I was not going to the doctor regularly when I went to that uh, checkup it was the first time in years you know and uh, frankly my mother uh, God uses our parents in a variety oh, of yeah. ways you know throughout our adult life and uh, my mom had uh, Asked me, so how, it's been a while since you've gotten a checkup, hasn't it? It's been a while since you've gotten a checkup, yeah. hasn't it? <laughs> and I was getting that nudge for a while, and and so I decided to go ahead and 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 uh, sign up with a uh, doctor here in town. And uh, I didn't know actually I was three hundred fifty five pounds, but I wasn't completely shocked. It was more than I thought it was. Yeah. And but, but did did they use the? I mean, there's a clinical term for that size. Oh, and morbidly obese. I know. Oh, and you hear yeah. those words, and and you start thinking like, what? I'm. I mean, morbid. Morbid sounds bad. Yes. Obese is bad enough, but morbidly obese, right? And, and again, I'm not. Uh, I want people to, to disparage people that are that are experiencing uh, weight difficulties in life. But for someone who is just kind of casually moving along in life, and all of a sudden someone says, "Oh, by the way, you've got a serious problem." Yes. And that I, was probably a little bit of a shocker. Well, actually, I had heard uh, that word, phrase morbidly obese most of my life, you mm. know, um, and since I was maybe seven years old, eight years old, uh, something like that. Early, definitely in you elementary heard school. That? Wow, that's, yeah. that's early. Or I would say at least by fourth, fifth grade, no question. Yeah. And, and, so, um, and so my teenage years and, and my college years and my 20s, I was, you know, uh, morbidly obese. And so... When he prescribed a diet to me, and he could tell 
just by my facial expressions that I was not interested. I did not want, right. you know, inter- ultimately I, I wanted to, sure, I wanted to lose weight, but certainly not by a major diet, a major lifestyle change. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to lose weight, but nobody wants to do the process, right? Yeah. I mean, at this point in your life, were you very spiritual? I that? was. I was. I was very, and but I, for whatever reason, there was a disconnect in terms of uh, my pursuit of uh, virtue in my spiritual life and pursuit of sort of virtuous eating, so to mm. speak, right? Yeah. I, I hadn't yet made that connection. And this doctor helped close that gap because he said to me, and this is the first time I ever met the man, he said, well, why don't you make it your, your sacrifice for Lent? This was in February of 2017. You and didn't I, even know you had a Catholic doctor. Well, it's the thing. I was like, how did you know I'm Catholic? He said, I didn't. And I was like, are you Catholic? And he said, I'm Episcopalian. Oh, okay. So that's pretty close. It's pretty close. And he said, and just something told me that I should suggest that you make that your sacrifice for Lent. And, uh, and, and so I took that as a God thing because I hadn't yet come up with my sacrifice yet right. for Lent. And so I prayed about it and I felt God telling me, you know, take the diet that your physician has recommended for the good of your body and make your Lenten sacrifice just to ease into that diet as a permanent lifestyle change so that by Easter you're fully locked in. So that was the, on Ash Wednesday, that's how it initiated. Um, but wait, before we get into the actual dieting process, you know, there's a there's some folks out there that might start because they might have heard the same thing that I heard as a young man. Right. You know, hearing priests say, well, you can't you can't gain a benefit from it. Well, so uh, there is a couple of things I would say to that. First, I think that God, he, he, he wants us to be good stewards of our body. Right. Right. And he wants us to value our body. And there's a connection between the health of our body and the health of our soul. Amen. You know, God wants us to, we're going to live in glorified bodies for all eternity. Right. Our, our, the whole idea of the theology of the body. Uh, what if you find out that the glorified body for you is 355 pounds? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's I'm hilarious. Because obviously you, you were, you know, you probably feel so much better now than you did. Oh, way better. Way better. And, and it was also, it was a process that helped me. Uh, just uh, close some gaps in my spiritual life that I had not yet addressed. And, you know, the journey itself that Lent was great because I somehow I lost 40 pounds in the 40 days of Lent. Wow. Uh, but it was also the journey since then as well and all the different ways that I think that there's been a lot of benefits both spiritually and physically um, and it has really had a transformative impact on how I think about food and diet but also how I think about fasting right. as well. And yeah, so that's 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 important because I mean, ultimately, Lent is supposed to bring us closer to God. Obviously, you know, and, and it's just like being in that sort of spiritual desert. Um, so, if there's like a side benefit of losing weight, that that's not the point of all this. The point of all this is to grow closer to God, and so you're growing more appreciative of your body, of, of respecting God's creation, which is including you. Yes, right. Your your physical um, your being. Well, think about it also this way. It helped break me out of that cycle. I was in a cycle where uh, I didn't like how I looked. And so when I, w- when I, when I would diet, it's because I'm, now it's time to punish myself or I don't like the way I look. Now I've lost some weight. Now it's time to reward myself with my favorite reward system, food, right? And so, and so then there's this, this cycle of violence that just isn't going to work, right? And instead, this breaks me out of it and realize, it helps me realize it's not all about me. Because with a fast, you can offer up a fast for another person, mm. right? And so what it allowed me to do was to say, uh, yes, you know, you, you're going to lose weight, which is good. And for me, it was very 
very necessary because of where I was, you know, in terms of morbid obesity, it wasn't a vanity thing, you know, exclusively. It was right. also a health thing, but it, it, it helps break me out of that cycle to where I'm not just focused on me and the health benefits. I'm making a commitment that is ordered towards the good of my body that my doctor told me that I should do. And by sticking with that commitment, I'm relying upon grace to get me through it. Yeah, see, that's beautiful. And that I'm is offering beautiful. it up for others. Now, so we're going to talk more about that. Uh, and speaking of fast, we are quickly coming up on a break here. Uh, so but I want to remind folks at home, get a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, all the the uh, social media stuff like us on facebook share our posts and uh comment on them and the same goes for twitter and instagram so we're talking to sam rodriguez about his spiritual dieting and and, yes. and his growing closer to god in his lenten experience which has expanded into further uh into his entire life and so we're talking to him we'll continue on the other side of this break uh, also i'd love to hear from you send me an email deacon jeff at the catholic cafe.com and with that we'll be right back And this is another great moment in church history. How can someone so small and weak in the eyes of the world have such a tremendous impact on the spiritual lives of millions around the globe? St. Therese of Lisieux, better known as the Little Flower, was this small person. Born in France over a century ago, she has changed the spiritual landscape of the entire world. St. Therese believed that little things done with great love were more pleasing to God than the mightiest deeds. She wrote, Love proves itself by deeds, so how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. The only way I can prove my love is by scattering little flowers. And these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least action for love. The little flower grew up as the youngest of five living children. She was a sensitive child who felt things deeply. These deep feelings and her thoughtful attitude led her to a strong prayer life at a very young age. By her own account, she would find a quiet place and spend hours contemplating the love of the Heavenly Father. As Therese entered her teen years, her older sisters began to go into religious life. This led the little flower to seek entrance to the Carmelite Monastery at the tender age of 14. She was initially refused by the superiors of the order, but her persistence paid off by taking her appeal all the way to the Pope in Rome. The superiors of the order were impressed by her persistence and maturity and allowed her to enter the Carmelite order at the age of 15. The next nine years were spent in quiet contemplation and service inside the tiny convent in Lisieux. Toward the end of her time in the convent, she began to suffer from the effects of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, a deadly infectious disease that attacks the lungs, leaves the sufferer with a chronic cough, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. St. Therese suffered seriously from this disease. She was reported to have said, I have reached the point of not being able to suffer anymore because all suffering is sweet to me. She accepted her affliction as a gift from God and saw it as a sign of his friendship with her. Little everyday things done in great love 
can lead us to a life of grace and deeper union with Christ. The little flower can show us the way. I'm Bess Trzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with my buddy, Ziggy Rodriguez, and we are talking about the, uh, I guess, the artist formerly known as Large Man. There you go, yes. Uh, 355 down to 200. And this is not, you know, normally in the, at the Catholic Cafe, we're not really talking about diets. Right. I mean, it's not a dieting show. It's not no. like, you know, tips to help you, you know, lose 10 pounds before Christmas or whatever. Uh, you know, we don't usually talk about that stuff. But I, I think it's beautiful to be able to talk about something uh, that other people might see as a, that, that can help them better appreciate the creation which they are. Right and what God lovingly crafted and where He has, where He has placed this this beautifully designed soul into, right and helping us understand that how we treat our bodies and how um, uh, we better our lifestyle and our choices how it can spill over not just into physical health. Absolutely, I think it also is an, it can serve as an example of how we can fruitfully integrate the wisdom of the church into other areas of our life. You know, a lot of times we hear about diet and we have kind of an almost a diet culture. Uh, and you hear a lot of folks wanting to, uh, a lot of the diets that are being sort of pitched on television right. are ones where it says, well, gosh, you can still eat this stuff that you just know is unhealthy. That's yeah. going to clog your arteries. You can eat all you want and still lose weight. So right. I remember, I remember when I first did a one one diet. I remember, uh, and I lost fifty pounds the very first time I did something. But I remember one of the selling points was I could eat all the bacon, I could have all the the fatty foods, I could have all. I just I couldn't have sugar, I couldn't have uh, flour, you know, you know, and it's like, and I had to stay away from you know certain starchy uh, vegetables and things like that and beans. But you know, the reality is like. I'm thinking like, yeah, but I can have all the bacon I want. I can have all the steak I want. And I love steak and salad. Right. And and so what I came to see, this, this process helped me help transform my view of food. Like when I, when I started, as I said, I was easing into the process of, of adopting this diet that my doctor had prescribed. And he was saying, this is the thing that, you know, everybody has a different body type and body chemistry and body right. makeup. But this is the one that he said I needed. Uh, based on my blood work and based on my history, right? And uh, but one of the ways that I helped that I started easing into it, there was, there was a, higher, a large emphasis on fruits and vegetables in yeah. this diet, and so I wanted to start. You know, God created the universe and declared it good. He declared these fruits and vegetables good. But a lot of times when we look at food and we say, oh, that's good, we're not talking about what's nutritionally good. We're talking about, mm, yum, I like the taste, I like the crunch, right. I like this. A lot of people don't realize that the new King James Version actually talks specifically about Brussels sprouts and cauliflower uh, on, uh, I think it's on the fifth day, I'm not sure. I'm just teasing, it doesn't do that. <laughs> no, but, he, but, but, but it does talk about God created the vegetables for us to eat in the creation story and that he created created them as good, right? And so I wanted to study those vegetables, see what were, what were the vitamins and minerals that were in them, and they're like, well, I don't know what vitamin K is. Why do I need that? Study vitamin K and really try to grow in knowledge. You know, the, there was a, 
the gift of knowledge, according to uh, the uh, Divine Intimacy mm-hmm. devotional, the way they break it down, the gift of knowledge, the, no- the gift that we receive at confirmation, is it's a gift that allows us to see the true value of created things in light of the truth of God. So a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll tend to have a skewed value system, right? But we're able to actually see how to value the things of the earth balanced against God and what he's calling so us you, to. Now, you also just said a word that I wanted to kind of start talking about next, and that is balance and understanding yes. this, this right balance. Because like when I did the, uh, you know, cut this out and do all of this, you know, you start thinking like, I want some of the other. As soon as someone tells you, you cannot have a French fry, you right. crave it, right? And the reality is you were sort of like, I guess, um, just recoding yeah. mentally what the way you thought about this food and you were and and i'll say you were going back to the olden days but really the old old days in terms of like what is it we were designed to eat exactly and and and, and trying to confront the fact that i had concupiscence regarding food i had a skewed desire and tried to rely upon grace and upon gifts including the gift of knowledge and and work and study and learning about these foods and what was actually good about them and what was good for my body that and combining that with relying upon the wisdom of the church and what the church teaches us about how we grow in virtue. Yeah. You know, and, and see, cause it's not, uh, uh, that's what I love it. I don't think it's, it may start as a diet and health and body, but it, it affects everything that goes into your body. Yes. The, the television you watch, the books you read, the people mm. you hang around, the places you go, and you don't realize just what we're pouring into our bodies mm. that's affecting uh, our, uh, the, the 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 less than virtuous life some of us fall our, find ourselves in yes right because we're making those bad choices so th- in this way what started as a, a you know a physical endeavor of whatever you tied to us made it spiritual and next thing you know it's affecting your life in a very profound way in many different ways right bringing you closer to God absolutely and and going to what you were saying before saying if someone says. You can never have a French fry ever again. You're going to go crazy thinking, gosh, if only I had that French fry, I'd be happy. Well, one of the things is in our church, the wisdom of the church says that you can't fast on feast days. Every Sunday in Lent is a feast day celebrating and honoring the resurrection, right? And so I would honor that by not abiding by the i would i would suspend the fast on sundays and and now that lent that lent of 2017 is over and i've carried this over into my life my cheat day is generally sunday and if it's christmas i'm going to celebrate and if it's right. a feast day it's, i'm going to celebrate and, and that's honor the balance it. part of this yes exactly so it's so hard for some people to see that that right balance because you end up like if you're if you're thinking about French fries and that's going to make everything better, it doesn't, right? Right. In the same way that the that um, you know six inch bigger TV or that membership to the country club that everybody wants to be a member of or whatever it is in your life, that's not going to make you closer to God, right? Absolutely. And, and realizing that that's that's a hard thing, right? But that's what made this experience for you. This we'll call it a dieting experience, mm-hmm. but it, but but it makes it a spiritual diet. Exactly. That's exactly right. And it's and it's and it's real, and and you're relying upon grace to see it through because a lot of times what we're doing when we're when we're dieting and and our diet is just focused on how we look especially, we're white knuckling it. And a lot of times we're involved in uh, a cycle of, a negative cycle with ourselves. But if instead 
we invite God to break those negative patterns that we have with ourselves and we rely upon him and we order our decision making around what we discern to be what he wants us to do right. for our good and the good of others. Because that's the other thing is the, the good of others. The fact that you're treating it as a fast meaning means that you can offer it up for someone else. So it's not all about you. And you hit a, when you hit those days where you're like, gosh, I really want, you know, a soda or I really want, you know, this piece of cake, etc. Right. that you can focus on. Yeah, but I have this friend who has cancer or I have whatever it might be that you're li- offering up your uh, your fast for. You can focus on them and trust that in the order of grace, God's going to use your fast fruitfully in the order of grace. You know. So let's just, uh, as we're kind of coming close to, to the end of the program here, just kind of help some folks who, who might be listening who've, they maybe they struggle with weight or they struggle they struggle with something in their life that 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 they need to uh, we'll say tame or maybe reorder or uh, get back to the basics of of living that virtuous life. Uh, you know how how do you help them along that path? They've tried every diet or they've tried every form of uh, um, you know self help program to fix this addiction or that problem. How how is it you 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 start this thing? What what's required you know in in getting this thing going? Well, I think getting getting advice from a doctor can be great advice because they're going to be in better position than anyone else to say what's actually healthy and healthful for one. Right, and even if you're talking about something that's uh that, you know if you're having an addiction problem or something like that. Yes. Having medical professionals as part of this process is is important because they they may not have a spiritual component. Some do. Obviously, your doctor did. Right. But some may not. But still, getting back to the basis of what's good for the body, yes. we know as Catholics, it's what's good for the soul as well. Absolutely. And also having a spiritual director to where you're able to state what your goals are for your fast, and then you're locked in as a matter of spiritual direction, including also the intentions for the fast. That can be very healthy. And also going into the confessional. And if you've got an addiction to food, like I definitely did, or if you have issues like I did with self-esteem, naming that in the confessional and really seeking God's healing and God's grace, because here's the thing, if you don't love yourself right now where you are and recognize that you've been loved into existence by an almighty God, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you're great just the way you are, and that God has a plan to make you even better, and that that's going to be the step that's going to be the moment where you're able to take really positive steps. And, and, and so I would say taking advantage of what the wisdom has the church in terms of just building up with authentic love of ourselves and, and healing and breaking negative patterns with ourselves. I can't overstate the importance of that. And the sacraments and prayer have a huge role that they play in that because it can't all like the, like the priest was saying, it can't all be about, just the goal to lose right. weight. I want to look better. Yeah, So exactly. I'm going to use this Lent. And, and, and I think what you're describing is something that's so beautiful that we can just radically rethink our Lent in a way that we can we can start to live a more virtuous life because of Lent. Yes. Right? That's so beautiful. And so we should ask our Blessed Mother to help everyone along on that journey of growing more virtuous. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association. 
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.